You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. This is episode 36 and is from Sunday, May 8th, 2022. It is entitled Helicopter Moms. Mother Church asked me today to kind of talk about three different things. Today is called Good Shepherd Sunday. We're reminded that what you're just saying about five or six times, we are the sheep of his flock. And it actually flows well, especially if you're Catholic, because when the bishop shows up here, he has a, a crozier. It looks like a stick. And that's what shepherds use to guide and protect their flock. That's why he wears it, because that's why he uses it. It's a sign of him being a husband, a shepherd to the church and asking the sheep to stay close. But also it is vocation Sunday where I am supposed to, uh, to cultivate vocations, especially to the priesthood and religious life. Also today, we celebrate and recognize and bless all those who are open to life. Among us are mothers and motherhood and mother church. So I'll attempt to do all three in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Because I think all of this flows, especially for us who are Catholic, when it, because we tell the world that the Blessed Mother is also our spiritual mother, And we celebrate her motherhood as a sign of what motherhood should be. I am not a mother. I am not a woman. I don't have children. But I have a mother. I do have one. And I could speak from someone who is a mother, a son, as what the influence mom have on their boys. So I'll go ahead and give you your homework now. Uh, Like I said, I I am not a mother, but I have one. So... I'm going to ask you all to dig in your homes and see, find an image of your mom and you and send it up to us. I have one now. I'll show you. This is my mother. And that adorable little child is me. (laughs) And you can't see that. And I think she's watching now. She didn't know I was going to do this, but I think her beehive hairdo is awesome. (laughs) But you can't see the the cake and says, happy birthday, Johnny, one year old. What you also don't see is my father's the one taking the picture. That's the flash on that avocado green refrigerator in the background. I guess that was the style then. So I would like to invite you as we celebrate all week what our mothers are for us, what motherhood is. You can just send it to the church, the office has an email, and hopefully next week we'll run and pray for and ask them to pray for us. No matter how funny we may look and what strange furniture may be in the picture. And John, you could take that down now. <laughs> I'd like to use, if I would, a couple of, of movies that I enjoy. One of my favorite movies, and I'm hesitant to mention it because it is R-rated, it is violent, it is a guy movie. It is called 
300. 300 is about the 300 Spartan soldiers who held off the Persian army. 300 Spartan soldiers who held off over 100,000 Persian soldiers for almost a week because they were good soldiers and they knew how to fight. But there's a, a very profound scene in there about motherhood. Sparta a small, was a small city-state, but they were very powerful. A Persian messenger shows up to Sparta, wants to talk to the king and basically threaten him and say, hey, you need to just declare your, your surrender to uh, the Persian king. Just go ahead and surrender now. And then the queen speaks up. She says, you know, watch your mouth, Persian. Watch your mouth when you come to Sparta and talk like that. To which the Persian messenger says, who is this woman who thinks she can talk among men? To which the queen, the queen mother said, because only Spartan women give birth to real men. I think that's awesome. But what does it mean to be a mother to sons too? Like I said, we have an image of that in our Blessed Mother. And we remember what the greatest thing, one of the greatest things, maybe not the top, but one of the greatest things she did for Jesus was she chose a good husband, a faithful husband, an earthly husband. And that's why we as men look to St. Joseph as a model and as an intercessor. Because she also prepared him to be a real man. A real man does just that what a soldier does, sacrifices his life, gives himself away to be a man of courage. That's what our Blessed Mother did for him and for us. So having said that, I'd like to look at sort of the other side of this and maybe two separate sides. Let me explain. One of the terms we've been hearing about is this term of being a helicopter parent or a helicopter mother. I have some experience with this as a former teacher and coach. So a helicopter parent, I'm getting this off the internet, is someone who is overprotective, overinvolved, and overbearing. So what does that mean? What does that look like? It's a bit of a controversy. There's an author named Nancy Gibbs. She wrote a book about the two opposite ends. One was a, called a helicopter parent. One was called a tiger mother. Have you ever heard of this? A tiger mother. Here's what that is. A tiger mother is a rigid authoritarian mother or parent who's obsessed with success in precise fields like music, math, and engineering, stuff like that. But they're actually obsessed with the children being absolutely successful. But that's not what a helicopter mother or parent is. She had a different definition for that. She said as someone who's obsessed with failure and prevents it at all costs with their children. Prevents their kids from any kind of failure. And is obsessed with it. Now, what else do they do? She also says that they enshrine their children and crave their friendship. They enshrine their children and crave their friendship. Another problem we see sometimes where parents want to be their kid's friend or buddy. Which, is, which has good intentions, but is not healthy. There is a movie that came out in 2015 called Helicopter Mom. You can read about it on the internet. I wouldn't recommend watching it. 
But there was another one that came out almost a quarter century ago in 1998 called The Water Boy with Adam Sandler. That's a funny movie. It's a good movie. Well, the water boy has a bit of a helicopter mom, but she actually, she actually like comes around towards the end and has a conversion, even apologizes to him for kind of over being overbearing because she had lost her husband. But this dynamic takes place even as they go off to college. There's a university professor at University of Georgia, Richard Maldore, who says that this this sort of helicopter parent phenomenon extends in the college because of cell phones. And this is what he says cell phones are, the world's largest umbilical cord. <laughs> Literally, they can keep attached forever. And, there's, and in China, because of their sort of one-parent policy, they have what's called love tents at universities. And what's a love tent for the freshmen? That's where the parents can come and camp out in the gym next to the college so their kids can feel safe. They're called safe spaces here in the United States. But having said that, as Catholics, as Christians, once again, it is our opportunity to recognize the brilliance of motherhood. And that's what we call the church, mother's church. And we look to our blessed mother as one who was no helicopter parent. You know, I have some experience with this. As many of you know, I used to coach football and soccer, but when you coach little ones, like the junior high, freshmen, and sophomores, sometimes the parents would come flying out of the stands when little Johnny didn't play much. And I knew they were coming because I could hear them. Chicka, 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 chicka. I could hear them coming. And they'd come on the, on the track and say, why is little Johnny not playing? Now, I'm going to give you a little, a little secret, a little inside information. Whenever that would happen, the athletic director, the principal, basically would always instruct us, you need, a, you need to give that parent what we call the malarkey, the horse hockey. What does horse hockey malarkey look like? Sound like, sounds like this. You know, little Johnny's doing good. We just love having him. He's really been a gift to us, and he's coming along. You notice nothing about that Johnny's just not very good at this. So, but I coached varsity soccer, and we'd have kids, boys who were 17 and 18 years old. And I remember one time I had an 18-year-old boy. I'd been coaching for four years. He was on varsity because he was a senior. He didn't play that much. And we were at a game, and I heard it. Chicka, 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 chicka. Here comes mom. Why isn't Johnny not playing, or little Mikey not playing? And then something hit me. I should really tell her the truth. He's not playing because he's not very good. And there were consequences to saying that. <laughs> there were consequences. Principal, athletic director, superintendent. Um, but I remember the same thing I told them. But that was the truth. And he's 18 years old. He's 18 years old. He's a man now. Maybe he should find something else. Having said that, another thing I think... In, it, help, it helps to be Catholic. Our Old Testament is different from the Protestant world. There's two books in the Old Testament, First and Second Maccabees, that are in our Bible. And this is not going to be an in-depth teaching on the canon. But in Second Maccabees, chapter 7, if you're familiar with it, it is a profound story about a mother and her seven sons. 
it's, it's an R-rated story. It's an R-rated story, like 300. And these seven sons are captured by this terrible king. I can't even pronounce it name, Antiochus or something. And he wants these seven boys to violate their religion. And it's going to sound strange to us, and that for them was be eating pork and then bowing to him as God. And in the story, and it's 40 verses long, and like I said, it is not PG or G-rated. It is violent. We have a mother who continues to encourage her sons to be faithful to their religion, even though it's about to cost them their life. And he, she says to them in their own native language, I, I don't know how you came in my womb, and I know I will see you again, and do honor to your faith, to your father, and to your religion, and do not defile the Sabbath, and do not defile yourselves. And each one of the seven sons, because they didn't have a helicopter mom, were real men. And to show us men what real men look like. Now having mentioned also vocations to the priesthood, and also talking about women and mothers, what will invariably come up is someone will bring up, well, we should ordain women to the priesthood. That's right, I'm going to go there. First of all, that's impossible, and I'm not going to give a, a total theological and biblical sacramental impossibility for that, but just good for us to remember that only a man can be a groom and only a boy can be fathers. But sure, there's some strange people out there who shake their fist at God, but they shouldn't. This is something we celebrate. You know, there's a, you know, deacon and I cannot give birth. And we're okay with that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't shake our fists at the God and say, why don't, well, I'll just leave it with that. But to also remember where priests come from. Where they come from. This parish has produced vocations. And I remember what a, a woman who's also a theologian said in teaching about this. She said, women can't and don't need to be priests. They need to make priests. Let me say that again. They need to make priests. Because it is on our mother's lap that we learn our first theology. It's on our mother's lap that we learn how to be men. And especially when we remember those of you who have children, the first steps that a child takes is usually away from you. That means you're doing a good job. But all of you celebrate your own priesthood in your baptism. And so I would say to all of you here, the very fact that you're sitting in your seats means that your mom did something right. Your mom did something right. So whether your mom is with us or not, pray for them and pray for them. Ask them to pray for you. Celebrate them. Find an old picture. Send it to us. We'd love to pray for them and have them pray for us. Praying for my own mother. And I even lately been asking for the intercession of my two grandmothers who have passed. I knew them both. But I only knew one great-grandma. I have a vague memory of my great-grandmother. We called her Nana. I think she was born in Sicily. She couldn't speak very good English. She could swear in English. <laughs> but I remember her sitting on the side of my bed trying to communicate with me, even though I was very small. I prayed for her this morning and asked her to pray for me. 
So because she, if she's in heaven and I hope she is, she has a part to play in my priesthood too. Because without the priesthood, there is no Eucharist. Without the Eucharist, there is no church. Without the church, there are no shepherds. And then we're off on our own as sheep, totally vulnerable to wolves. And some of you know what that's like when you send your kids off to wherever and then they come back and they've lost their faith. It takes a mother and a father if you're lucky to have one. And we celebrate motherhood today and what they do for us men, especially for us men who you call father. So like I said, I'd ask you for your homework to dig out. Maybe you can find an old picture of your mother and you send it to us, a photo of a real mother, real women. And remember, these are our mothers. You've been listening to Fidein Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in whichever podcast player you're listening to, and you can be notified whenever new episodes drop.